Hey, what's up? This is episode 68 of the Jock and Nerd podcast. Joining us this episode is UK-based comic book artist Simeon Aston. Simeon is a creator of this really cool cyberpunk independent graphic novel called Metal Made Flesh. And uh, as soon as I saw this Kickstarter up on A Place to Hang Your Cape, I was just drawn to the art, and I really wanted to talk to him. So we talk about some of his influences, what Metal Made Flesh is about, how they ran a really successful Kickstarter campaign, and the beauty of the medium of comic books. Listener, if you enjoy cyberpunk sci-fi stuff like Blade Runner, Alien, Tron, The Fifth Element, you're going to really like Metal Made Flesh and you're going to enjoy this awesome conversation we had with artist Simeon Aston. Let's check it out. It's the Jockey Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Imran. Jockey Nerd! Hey, friend, welcome to the show. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And we are your co-hosts uh, for the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We have a great artist joining us uh, for the show today. All for the, the first time. For the first time, new artist, but uh, some given to us from someone we know, and we'll, we'll get into that. And he's all the way in the UK. It's really late in the morning, early in the morning. It's so late, it's early in the morning. Uh Joining us today is creator of the independent graphic novel called Metal Mate Flesh, UK-based artist Simeon Aston. Simeon, what's up, dude? Thanks Hi, for, how you doing? Thanks for yeah. staying up. Yeah, man. How, how late is it over there? Just for our, our listening um, audience, how late are you staying uh, up? Uh, it's, uh, it's about 20 to 2 now. So it's not that but yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah, you, said, you had said you were a bit of a night owl, though. I like that. I'm a bit of a night owl. Yeah, though. yeah. Mm-hmm. If it was the weekend, yeah. I'd just be getting started. That'd be that's prime time right there. <laughs> but I feel like uh, cre- I like I feel more cre- I like I'm a creative too. I like to draw and and I just feel like I get, I'm more creative at night for some reason. Like something just calls to me in the night to be creative. Yeah, I feel more relaxed. You know, it's not, it's nice and quiet, and yeah, it just seems to yeah. A lot of my work is done at night. It's less. It feels less stressful. Listen, uh, we got to thank our buddy David Malofsky from A Place to Hang Your Cape for hooking us up with you. I've heard of that site before. Oh, yeah, okay. ap2hyc.com. He's yes. a big supporter of you guys' Kickstarter and your book. Uh, you uh, mm-hmm. have you talked to David? Um, not directly. He uh, he's he's buddies with uh, the writer uh, Jeremy Jeremy oh, Biggs. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I have seen his. He's uh, he's you know he's he's given us some some good publicity uh, and stuff and shouts and stuff and uh, reviews. So yeah, yeah, he's, he's a cool guy. He lo- yeah, that's, I've seen a bunch of articles and you know we were gonna get Jeremy on too, but really. When I saw uh, the artwork from this, I was really attracted to the art, and I was like, "David, who is that artist? I want to talk to him because I fucking love his artwork." Yeah, Imran's been wanting to have you on for a while. Yeah, ever since I saw like the Metal Made Flesh Kickstarter, uh, and just the 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 look of it is so cool, dude. And uh, I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted to see what what inspired you and uh, get to know you a bit. Uh, how about you tell the listeners a little bit about uh, what Metal Made Flesh is about? Um, well, at the moment, it, we're basically into the sort of origin story territory in the first book. Um, we've just done a Kickstarter um, that finished uh, a few weeks ago, which is uh, expanding the stories. But the first book gen- generally just deals with the three main uh, characters, which are human characters. Uh, it's set like in the, uh, in the future on a different planet. Um, humans have been kind of uh, chased to the brink of extinction. They lost uh, a big war with a race called the Vale. Um, so we find ourselves on a planet called Equinias in the city of Tuaroni, and um, we have these three main uh, characters who sort of rise up from the slums and become mercenaries in the city. Um, so basically the first book uh, deals with their origin stories, where they come from and, and what they have to do to, to become these different characters because they, they become changed as they, as they progress. Uh, they will start off as humans, but they yeah, they uh, get changed through solarization and uh, mutation and things like that. Um, so that kind of sets the scene. Uh, and then the, the next one, the new book that we're working on now, Blood and Oil, um, with Side uh, Ethan and uh, Gary Erskine, Phil Buckingham and Jeremy is returning to write again and myself. Uh, we basically are uh, expanding and and expanding on the, the, uh, those three characters as well as introducing new ones. And there's also a few things going on in the background which we're kind of uh, expanding upon as well. So uh, it's been kind of com- 
compared to like sort of uh, Blade Runner mixed with sort of Game of Thrones uh, in the way that there's different factions uh, in Game of Thrones and they're all kind of like they have their own kind of um, motivations and stories and it's kind of, they're all coming from different directions and things like that. So that's kind of where we're, we're heading with it. It's, um, but it's sort of at, at the early stages at the moment. It's basically just we're just setting the scene and introducing the main players. That's uh, that sounds really cool, dude. It's very uh, cyberpunk. Listener, uh, check the show mm-hmm. notes. There'll be links in the show notes. Check out metalmadeflesh.com is where you can check out all the artwork, Bl- dude. Blade Runner is a pretty good comparison, too. That's what I thought when yeah, I first dude. saw it was uh, uh, it's a Blade really, Runner feel. It's a, quite, it's a very realized world looking at these um, illustrations. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I first started doing uh, the first sort of concept drawings for like uh, the main characters, like the female assassin Isabel, um, in, uh, 10 years ago now. It, it was kind of uh, sort of grew from there, just a few sort of doodles. I was wow. just working in an office and I was just uh, doodling away. Um, and I wanted to kind of create three uh, very distinctly different characters and, um, and, and sort of band them together. Um, and um, that's where it sort of came from. It just sort of grew from there. And I... Um, didn't really do anything with it at the time. And then it wasn't until like uh, a few years ago, back in 2011, I met Jeremy at convention and um, he really liked the work. And, and I said, you know, we should, we should team up. And we had another guy uh, who came in as writer, but he had uh, other things for, that he was doing as well. So he couldn't really commit full time to the project. Uh, so it was just me and Jeremy. So we basically just, uh, rather than tell the story that I'd already kind of had in mind, uh, we decided, like I said, to go back and actually flesh out the characters first before we actually tackle the main main sort of story thread so when you guys met was it just like coincidence that you both kind of had a similar story in mind or did he see your art and and that inspire his ideas for the story or like how did that Um, work out well yeah i mean uh me and jeremy always on the same page because we kind of have raised uh similar kind of uh background in terms of like movies and 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 literature and things like that and artists so um yeah, I mean, I had a, like, uh, when I met him, I had a portfolio with lots of uh, drawings and I had a, a, my own kind of mini sort of comic that I made. Um, but I didn't, I only had like a handful of copies of it. I never actually like mass produced it or, or tried to, to, to get it published or anything like that. Um, so I had like a rough idea of what, what I wanted to do, but it was most, mostly just sort of uh, set pieces and like a, like a, a very basic story. So what we're doing is basically just taking elements from that and uh, just going to, together work to expand it and make it you know much much richer story than what, what it originally was and obviously uh you know different characters and other people's influences will kind of sprout off it as well so i had like the initial seed and the, the idea for the characters but uh, together we've kind of like we're just making it you know much better and bigger and more sort of meaty mm-hmm. he kind of expanded upon it a little bit yeah, yeah, for a lot of it. That, well, I mean, that's awesome how you just have had these uh, concepts and like you pretty much just have this whole world of people that you've been working on, uh, and then you just needed a, a, the right writer as the catalyst to be like, oh, here's all the stories <laughs> yeah, exactly. weaving in and out of these guys. Like, it's yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, like it's very much influenced by Blade Runner and um, sort of Ridley Scott films and uh, similar things like that, like Alien, um, you know, James Cameron and um, things like that. Uh, so I grew up with those sort of movies. Sort of yeah, you do that. get a, like a, a very Aliens feel from James Cameron with the way the the, the uh, city kind of looks and the, the feel of the, the, the buildings and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, like artists like uh, Sid Meads, um, yeah, yeah. Geiger, um, Mobius, um, uh, Bilal, uh, some comic book artists and um, concept artists like that, things like that really inspired me. Um, and you know, I, I, when I was at college, I was kind of not very much drawn to the idea of taking things and making them kind of everyday sort of characters and putting a twist on it and making it sort of futuristic, but uh, still retaining elements of like, um, for example, like Boba Fett or something in Star Wars, he you know, has elements of like a sort of a knight's uh, uh, sort of helmet, but it's it's got a twist and enough of a twist to make it sort of futuristic and stuff like that. Those in, those influences you've cited are those guys are amazing, and you see that all over your artwork. I mean, Mobius. I mean, come on, Sid Mead. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I wasn't aware of, and I just looked up uh, all his futurist artwork, and he also worked on Alien. Mobius worked on Alien, Tron, the Fifth Element. Yeah, um, yeah. 
and so, oh, that, and HR Geiger, of course. Uh, these guys, these guys are great illustrators. You know who else your work reminds me of? Uh, there's a comic book artist called uh, Jeff Darrow. Are you familiar with Jeff Darrow? Um, yeah, it rings a bell. I'm, 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 I'm actually quite terrible with names. Yeah. Uh, you know, I do know a lot of artists and things like that. But um, yeah, when someone says a name, it, it rings a bell. But not always. Doesn't always like visually spring to mind for me. He uh, he has similar similar detailed line work, dude. But uh, your line work and the way you you realize the city in the background and a lot of these uh, a lot of these illustrations. Uh, uh, listener, check out the Deviant Art page uh, for Mister Aston here. It's awesome. Like uh, it also reminded me of uh, to, I used, so I've been to England and I've had relatives there and I use I got a stack of 2000 AD comics. This was like mm-hmm. 1989, a large newsprint. And uh, the Stronium Dog character from 2000 AD, uh, your work reminded me a little bit of that strip also, which is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Judge Dredd and things like that, and you know, Mega City and things like that, obviously big influence. And um, yeah, all that, the whole cyberpunk thing. I mean, it's, it, I'm kind of like quite pumped for cyberpunk at the moment, obviously. But um, also, I think it's coming back in a big way as well typically movies and uh, things like that. Yeah. And different types of media and like, you know, adverts and, and stuff like that. There seems to be a, a sort of a, a growth in cyberpunk. Yeah. I love the cyberpunk uh, stuff. I love how you combine like organic and mechanical shapes yeah. and forms to create these just beautiful and horrific characters. Let's talk about some of these characters. One of them that, that one of them is, that's one of the main characters, right? Isn't that Isabel? Isabel. Yeah. I Z O B. I Z O B. She is an amazing, uh, design listener. You got to check out Isabel. I'll put a photo of her in the show notes. Let me find a good one. Uh, talk to us about, about the, a little bit about the design of Isabel. Where did that come from? Well, the idea behind her is, um, she starts off, uh, well, her, History. She was actually in the the, uh, the, the the major war, which sort of wiped out the, the last remnants of the sort of military sort of faction of the humans. Um, she was like a like a, a sharpshooter specialist, um, but she got pretty much blown to bits. And then she was um, sort of uh, given like augmentations and things like that. And then when she um, sort of fell into like with some some guys in in the, in the, the metal story she basically uh takes a job as as like a, a, a as a, a guard in an outpost and she just sort of goes from there uh, as she actually rises up and come you know more and get more money and things like that she becomes slowly addicted to to perfecting herself and enhancing herself even more so so she so to the point where she's kind of losing her humanity wow. oh geez wow so she's kind of like striving for this perfection and deleting all her memories and things like that because she wants to kind of you know Get her sort of troubled past. Wow, so, she I mean, looks like a the she looks like a badass. By the way, does yeah, does the story center cool. around her, or is she just one um, of the main characters? Yeah, she seems to be the one that most people sort of gravitate towards. Okay. Uh, the other two, they, they, they all have that, a very similar sort of uh, sort of idea of the way as they progress and become more sort of renowned, they also lose, lose a little bit of themselves along the way as well. And you know, there's a sort of idea of like Faustian bargains and things like that. Um, Ray Simmons are kind of like um, like Anakin Skywalker sort of thing, oh, you know. Yeah. He become he gets all the power that he wants, but he has to you know lose a few limbs and get trapped in like a, a suit along the way as well. So, I mean, that's kind of been an inspiration. That kind of idea of like the Faustian bargain and the fall of man, that sort of thing. Um, and we're kind of going to move on to sort of deal with more kind of uh, ideals and things like that within the stories as well. That's a, it sounds, I mean, it's just like an epic sci-fi adventure from what I'm hearing. Uh, and I love that the, the main characters are, uh, they're assassins, they're mercenaries. They're not heroes. They're not just uh, yeah, yeah. clean. It's very much, they're very much anti-heroes. Yeah. yeah. It's not your typical clean protagonist. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the ideas that we're thinking about doing, uh, is actually introducing, um, uh, some heroes, but the, this, the, uh, the way that the story would be told is you would be seeing it from the, the from Isabel's perspective. Oh, so nice! From, from her point of view, these kind of like heroes would be the um, you know the, the antagonists in her in her eyes. So I love that. Uh, that's a great reversal, man. Yeah, you guys. And where does uh, Subversive Comics? They are they like how, where do they fit into this picture? Um, it's uh, Jeremy. Uh, he also does a comic. Which is a sort of uh, called Zombie Bears. Yeah, oh, I saw uh, that. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we're kind of under under that banner uh, with Zombie Bears and, and Metal Made Flesh. Um, so when we do the conventions and things like that, we just have subversive, and then we can have all everything under the same kind of thing. So um, kind of, I don't know, it just works out better that way. Uh, you know, I love it, dude. This is uh, the independent British comic book scene out there. What's uh, what's that scene like? Yes, yeah, I'm um, steadily been growing. Um, I mean, I've been doing the conventions for about five years now, um, and um, yeah, it's gone from like you know uh, fairly reasonably sized halls to like you know massive arena sized things. Like the last one we did, we had the um, almost the, the whole side of uh, the XL Center open. I don't know. Um, um, the XL Center is basically like a huge sort of uh, exhibition hall. It's actually, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with the uh, Batman Begins. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah, when he's testing out the Tumblr, it's, um, actually, that was actually filmed in. Oh, uh, that's in the XL Center. XL. Oh, okay. Yeah, so oh, shit. It's just like a, just a big <laughs> exhibition hall. Where, and, yeah, what city is that in? Uh, it's in London. Oh, it's, it's in, in London. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just near the, near the old. Uh, and that dude. place was full uh, for a Comic Con? Yeah, yeah. The last one was, was absolutely huge. Uh, yeah, it just seems to every year they they open up another section. It just seems to be growing and growing, and the other ones as well. And um, yeah, the whole sort of um, convention scene, uh, not just with the, the the comics and everything else, but people's cosplay and stuff is you know everyone's up in their game every year. Uh, it's really exciting. You know, um, when I first started, there was a handful of like stormtroopers and stuff, and now it's just like you know just people are just really like. Some producing some really like fantastic like cosplay costumes and and the comics and the comic village as well. You know, it's, it's really it's really exciting. Well, now this is very interesting because we all, we talk often on the show about the state of the comic book convention these days and how it's changed. Just like you said, so let me ask you this: just exactly what you were saying, you from a independent comic creator's point of view, you are you've been doing these conventions for five years. You're seeing more and more of these cosplayers. That maybe, maybe not. They don't give a fuck about the comic books or what anybody's selling. They're just there to be seen. Is this mm-hmm. annoying from your perspective, or is this uh, you? Do you uh, welcome this because it's more eyeballs? But they're not really looking at all that stuff. They're just there. It seems like they're just <laughs> there because they want to be seen. As like, look at my costume. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird. I mean, um, a lot of the time, a lot of the the cosplays they don't really come down to the sort of because we're kind of in like comic village which is kind of like its own little area where all the sort of uh, indie press yes. comics uh, kind of we have our own little zone yeah we have a, um, it's called artist alley, artist I think, alley yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah. What we do, yeah yeah pretty much the same thing yeah so we have like the indie press and then sort of sort of guest uh, pencilers and inkers and, and things like that and writers have their own stalls as well it's all kind of in the same area um but like the majority of like you w- you wouldn't see like a squadron of, of stormtroopers or like a, a big sort of Iron Man thing. Uh, it's very rare that they they come down that way. Right. I mean, you also get yeah, it's like the the big elaborate costumes and things like that. They, they tend to be in other areas. Um, so you know, unless I kind of wander off for a break or something, uh, I don't really get to see a lot of it. Which is you know, it's a, it's a, the the only downside to doing the conventions is you know you miss a lot of the cool stuff. Um, but right. yeah, I, I mean. Uh, the majority of people that come to them, they, you know, they are actually there, you know, for one thing or another, whether it's uh, video games or anime or comics or, or just movies. Um, yeah, I think everyone gets stuck in to, to at least one uh, part of it. I mean, there's an easy way to measure this, really. Like in the last five years, you've seen more people show up. Does that mm-hmm. reflect in the sales or, uh, you know, oh, interest of yeah, yeah. what you guys are doing? Um. I suppose so, yes, because, uh, I mean, I, uh, the, the, the first one I did, I uh, literally just had like a couple of prints on the table uh, next to the zombie bear books. Um, now I've got like uh, uh, two full tables uh, with big boards and, you know, um, dozens of books. And, and um, Okay, that's good then. Yeah. So, yeah. So it actually was, helps him, right? Yeah, it's okay. Your yeah, yeah. dumb right. agenda isn't actually – Well, the, look, uh, that's a different country. People there aren't <laughs> as stupid as we are. This is America. What are you on <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, my stall has grown so yeah and, and I, you know I've, I've been steadily doing better and better each, each year but that's good uh, stall has been growing as well so yeah I can, it's not like i had the same thing for five years that's so i great. couldn't measure it on you know based on that 
I also wanted to touch on your guys' recent Kickstarter campaign because uh, from what I saw, like, you guys nailed it. And I think if we have listeners that are creators that, you know, are thinking about doing this, like, I think it's a great lesson to l- hear from someone who who's pulled it's off successful. a great Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what was the deal? How long, how quickly did you guys get funded and how much were you looking for? Like, that tells us. Uh, I think we were looking for uh, three and a half grants. Uh, I think we got that in the first uh, like forty-eight hours. Holy crap! Oh, oh, shit. Oh, you Wait, one but of how does that happen? Did you just have yes. a huge fan base already? This is what everyone is going to want to know. How did you do uh, this? Uh, what happened was we, we were going to go for uh, we did one before, which we didn't uh, we didn't make unfortunately. Um, and our target was twenty-five grand, and that entailed us doing a, the, the book that we're doing now. Um, but we were going to basically have everyone included said so the target was, was 25 grand from the start um but this time because we didn't get there we, we decided to actually make it in, in sort of a, like a sort of brackets of stretch goals so the the, the you know the three and a half grand was just the, just the bare bones book and you're saying grand is that in, in pounds or dollars uh in uh, i think it's yeah in, in pounds yeah in pounds yeah so um yeah we 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 had the, the three and a half sister bare bones book with myself and Jeremy and I think Phil Buckman was going to write a short story and then because we smashed that in the first 48 hours we could then put another stretch goal I think it was to get to uh, six and a half and that and then we bring on another writer and then it, so it just kept going from there so we ended up getting to, I think uh, just just shy of 17 wow uh, 17 pounds 17,000 I mean 100 17,000 yeah. Yeah, so by then we were able to have uh, Phil Buckingham, uh, Gary Erskine, and um, Cy Ethan, and, and also uh, Boo Cook and a few other people are going to do some pin-up work for us. So, wow. yeah. that's so for the for the our US listeners, that's over twenty five thousand dollars. Man, and wow, and you guys went in looking for thirty five hundred. That's amazing. What was what was the secret? That's uh, what, um, what do you attribute well, that to? Well, we had a lot of success uh, with the first book. Yeah. Um, and so that mostly that. Yeah. It's been a while since we've released anything new. I mean, we've, we've been uh, – the first book we did like uh, about th- three and a half years ago. Um, we did a Kickstarter. And um, since then, we've just been improving that book and adding little extras. But this is the first time we've actually got all new like, – 100% new content. Um, so we had we had obviously the, the – the, people who'd all picked up the previous works and then also the added uh, people that we've kind of been drawn in. And then as we've got the other artists involved, people like Gary Erskine and um, kind of you know, the, yeah, they brought their people with them as well. So yeah, oh. it just kind of, you know, you know, it's, yeah, it's snowboard from there. Wow. So, yeah. so you, and you look like you had a, a really big or a good size following from the previous work yeah. that kind of transferred yeah, over because people were craving well, the new work. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of fans, um, and the timing was good as well because we had adjusted the convention as well, so we were able to, you know, get a, a lot of flyers out there yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. That's great, like instant feedback for you know something that takes so much time. That's crazy that make. the forty-eight hours you 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 getting your goal in forty-eight hours. How does that like? How do you feel when when you have this goal and you you know your Kickstarter is usually thirty days and within forty-eight hours you you've already hit your goal? Yeah, it's good. I mean, I mean. To be honest, I've seen people. I think it's all, it's all about the planning, really. I mean, it's it depends on what what you're doing. Uh, but the key, I think, um, for us especially, is has been to you know, generate the hype beforehand. Yeah. So when you hit that button to go, people are all waiting. You know, they're waiting by the door. You know, the pre-launch. Mm-hmm. It's all about the pre-launch. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's like the uh, Black Friday when the, the stores open. You and know, then it's just open the floodgates. <laughs> <laughs> so like then that's great so distribution wise for out there in the uk like is this uh is this probably one of your biggest like where you're getting the most eyeballs how do you get the word out there uh for to get your books out there um well um i do a lot of uh, instagram stuff um promoting and um i mean the conventions is i think our, our main, the main source yeah. where we yeah where we got a lot of, uh, get a lot of fans and and um we do a few interviews here and there stuff like that um yeah i think uh, it's just basically just trying you know just contact as many people as we can and uh you know, word of mouth and things like that and when people see the works and stuff like that you know they'll be uh they'll go to our website and things like that we're just trying to get out there to as many people as possible really it's uh, uh so i mean hopefully going to end up putting them in like you know forbidden planet and comic stores in london and things like that so I mean, that's uh, one of our goals 
Uh, yeah, and the, yeah, the collected volume is like, uh, how big is that? How many pages is that? Um, the first one, I mean, the one we have now is, let's have a look. It's uh, just shy of 132 pages. Wow. wow. So the next one. Uh, the trademark wow from Imran. Dude, that's a lot of work. <laughs> 132 pages. This is an independent comic book. Like that is an amazing amount of uh, production there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it's it's more of a sort of illustrated story, but I think there's about seventy odd drawings or seventy pages of artwork in there. Wow! Um, yeah. Over over like the last sort of uh, four and a half five years. Um, so this one is uh, obviously because uh, all the other artists are, are contributing as well. So this one is going to this new one is going to be much uh, much bigger and uh, I think much grander as well because it's going to be a, a, real, a nice mixture of different mediums and and uh, styles in there and stuff like that. So. I think this one is really gonna um, really take off. Hopefully, yeah. The the the, the visuals so are very compelling. Listener, definitely check out metalmadeflesh.com. Yeah, no, uh, Simeon, you're in Brighton, UK, right? Mm-hmm. Is that uh, where you grew up? Yeah, yeah. I grew up here. I went to college here. Oh wow, um, college too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did yeah, you? It's, uh, it's cool. Would you? What, do you remember when you started uh, drawing, or when you got into comics? What came first? Um, well, I, I kind of, uh, I was always doodling and stuff at school. Uh, and, you know, and then, um, I, when I finished, um, so like secondary school, I, I just went on to do, I was going to do retakes. Um, I wanted to, to do art, um, uh, but the, uh, the course was full. And then, uh, you know, just by chance, someone got kicked off the course on the first week. They were just misbehaving or something. Uh, so a spot opened up and I, you know, I took it and, um, yeah, I just, I kind of, I had like a, a you know slight talent for doodling and stuff like that, but then you know uh, got into like you know, doing like life drawing and um, painting and things like that, and got into the, like the artists I mentioned before, like uh, Salvador Dali and, and H.L. Geiger, yeah. and the concept that it's like Sid Mead and, and Mobius and things like that. And, and uh, the comics uh, sort of style of it didn't come till later. Uh, I met a guy called uh, uh, Hugh J. Davies or Matsumura. He, he does. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, some of his stuff. I think he's worked on Garth, and he's got his own line of uh, these little models, like the turds. They're kind of like uh, minions, oh. but just in, in the shape of turds. You know, there's uh, what's his name? Bill, uh, Hugh, Hugh J. Davies. He's uh, he, he does uh, comics in the UK. Okay, and he does a bit of work in the states and stuff. Um, yeah, he kind of tutored me on sort of the styles of comics and. Um, my style sort of grew from there and influences from anime and things like that. Um, so yeah, it kind of, it all kind of sort of came together and a little bit of graffiti work that I did when I was younger and stuff as well. And yeah. also I had a stint as a tattooist for a bit, but it wasn't really, I wasn't really, I just wasn't ready to kind of jump into that full time. So, um, yeah, I just carried on with the illustration. Sort so of thing. You were a tattooist for a little bit. Uh, yeah, a very short stint. Like six, Six months. What was that like? <laughs> um, yeah, it was kind of cool. I, I, you know, it was. I, I, I liked the idea, but as I said, it, it, I just couldn't commit to it fully, and it, it didn't. I wasn't really gelling with the the guy that was uh, tutoring me. Sure. And I just, I just, it just didn't. I just could see where, well, you know, it, I just didn't feel right in that kind of uh, sort of. How many? Uh, just, how many people know, just, did you actually uh, ink? Um, I think I did about about eight people. Wow! Did a, did a hammer and sickle, uh, misfits badge on someone, a few roses and things like that. Wow. Um, Is the dude that got the yeah, hammer and sickle a, a real communist, or <laughs> did he just think it looked cool? Um, <laughs> a bit of both, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, awesome. That's really cool because that takes a lot of practice and patience. And but you know everything you mentioned, I see that in your work, like the graffiti influence, the tattoo influence. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, and, uh, where does like the technical, like your machinery is amazing. Like it just, uh, the, 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 the forms feel so real. Um, and you have a, uh, just a great grasp of like form and structure. Uh, it's such a great realized world. Um, um where does that come just, from? Uh, just, um, you know, cause I did a lot of life drawing at college and stuff like that. Ah, and, yes. um, still life. Um, I used to make models of, as, of, as a kid of like jets and tanks and things like that. Ah, um, okay. So I suppose 
it subconsciously seeps into your kind of mind when you're drawing machines and things like that, just lines and little shapes and vents and things like that that you find on a little jet or something. Um, but yeah, it's always, you know, and obviously like anime and things like that, like Ghost in the Shell and Akira yeah, and yep, like the yep, classics, things like that, you know, that's, you know, those robots were always kind of things that really impressed me. Um, they, were, they always seem to be so, like the uh, sort of anime like the, the mechs and things like that seem to be so far ahead and like uh, like the uh, sort of they were they reminded me of like Sid Mead's work because uh, his stuff it looks very practical and it looks like you know the ships that he designs actually look like they would fly and things yeah. like that yeah um, so yeah I mean that's you know I just I just love that sort of thing I think it's like um, who's the guy who did like uh, District 9 Elysium yeah, um, yeah oh, Sid, uh, Sid Mead did uh, concepts for that and it, he worked on Blade Runner Aliens Tron a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. uh, Mobius yeah worked yeah, on it, in those films as well uh and they're uh the does, the, you know it looks believable yeah the like the, the the shapes and forms look so real and like the futuristic you're absolutely right they look like these things could actually exist um but your your level of detail is great do you uh how do you work old school or digital you're a pen and pencil and pen, um, paper guy combination yeah i do i uh, always done pen and pencil um I, it's, I do, I work in a lot of layers. Uh, so uh, all the drawings are mostly uh, somewhere between A4 and A3. Um, sometimes I have to scan them in like, you know, uh, and then put them together, like scanning the top half and bottom half and then put them together. Um, but yeah, like one of those sort of cityscape uh, scenes, for example, um, would, has about maybe like anywhere between 25 to 40 layers. Wow, yeah. And I, I never really have like a clear vision. Of, I, 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 know, I know what I want to actually see on the page, but, I can because every every character and wall and, and building is, is separate. I can sort of shift it around until I'm happy with the composition and and the way it looks and things like that and throw in the blurs and the smoke and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's all pencil drawings uh, individually scanned in and then just uh, just a bit of Photoshop really. Um, I don't I don't like to get too heavy into the digital painting because I, I, I like to retain that sort of hand drawn quality to it and the sort of uh, the blue wash you know, things like that. Yeah, you have is, a, is, Imran. A question for well, yeah. both of you guys: Is yeah. it easier to tell, uh, or is it easy to tell between like the hand-drawn stuff and the digital stuff? Like, can you can can the can your eyes, your artistic eyes, notice that right away? Or, I mean, it all depends on how the person uses the tool. Like, someone can use a drawing tablet and draw mm-hmm. right on the oh, screen. Oh yeah, yeah, you've showed me that, before. and that you you can't tell at all. Like, it might it looks mm-hmm. like uh, blue, like, looks like pencil on paper, and it might as well have been. Uh, so it depends on the process. The tools, okay. Yeah. But like, uh, Simi, dude, your stuff has just lovely lines. Like you're right. The flat, simple colors. And I love how everything has in metal made flesh has kind of got this bleak blue palette. Like it really lends to like this. Yeah. Of that this- is like, yeah, that's totally, I mean, that's basically like us sort of the signature of it. Um, I was given advice, uh, a Q and a once with, uh, uh, Glenn. I don't know, uh, Sandman, a lot of cover work and stuff. Uh, and he told me that it was very important to actually uh, have a distinctive kind of uh, work, be distinctive. So, like, say, for example, if someone's looking at a spreadsheet with some thumbnails on, they, you want their eye to go to it. Um, so, I kind of decided early on in like, the, the concept of Metal Made Flesh to, to, to have that sort of blue wash throughout it. Um, the idea is that the, the, the planet they're on is, is got like a mist and things like that. And it uh, also gave us like the idea that you have to have like a sort of really simple sort of uh, rebreather sort of thing, um, which sort of costs, you know, currency to run. So yeah. therefore, you know, the people on the bottom run, you know, it's, you know, survival is everything. And, uh, you know, the destitute will perish. You know, they might not necessarily die from starvation. They might not be able to afford to keep their rebreather sort of thing working. Right. So just like adds another cruel layer to the sort of world. That's awesome. That that blue also mm-hmm. reminds me of um, the James Cameron, you know, Aliens, and even like yeah. Terminator. That blue kind yeah. of feel with the background. It, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's very uh, techy. It's very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. It's very, yeah. Go ahead, Simeon. Yeah, it's very just like, distinctive. Um, like, the, like for example, like the Matrix has that kind of clear sort of the the division between like the the. The Matrix and uh, the real world, you know, the Matrix right. got a sort of green tint to it, isn't it? So, and like James Cameron's film uh, also have like a, that blue tint to yeah. you know, a lot of his stuff. Um, yeah, it seems, you know, it, but yeah, like I said, it's just the idea is to kind of 
so it's instantly recognizable, really. Mm-hmm. It works, man. It definitely works. Wait, you were what you were uh, when you were saying who gave you that advice? It was kind of cutting out. Was did you did you say was that Dave McKeon gave you that advice? You said. Uh, no, uh, uh, Glenn Fabry. Oh, Glenn Fabry. Yes, I love Glenn yeah, Fabry. Yeah. He's done uh, preacher preacher covers and uh, yeah, uh, and Salmon and, uh, and Constantine yeah. Hellblazer. Oh, Fabry's great, mm-hmm. and he does his like he's very orange warm tones. All his illustrations, if you notice. Yeah, yeah, I really like his work. His his um, his like figurative drawing and facial work is amazing. Um, it seems to have a really like. Like amazing understanding for like drawing like sort of the figures and people twisting and contorting and or, you know in action poses. Uh, it's really not a really nice combination of like realistic but with his own sort of twist on it, like, sort of comic book twist. It's a really nice fusion of styles that he, he has there. So what uh, what comic books do you read? Yeah, what are you into, man? What are you geeking out about? I mean, I think I, I like a lot of. Uh, I mean, the majority of the stuff I buy is mainly for the artwork, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a lot of Batman. Um, uh, like the, uh, is it, uh, Bijemo? It does a lot of, uh, really sort of, uh, colorful, sort of CG, uh, enhanced sort of work. I think he did the, the, the Batman Noel one, I think, a few years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Um, what, what do you, what's that guy's name? Uh, is it Neil Pajemo? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, we, oh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't know how you say his name. He has a weird name. Uh, Bamejo. <laughs> Bamejo. Mayo, yes, right. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. His artwork is great, man. I I remember seeing that from Batman Noel, and it, it's uh, it's mm-hmm. very distinctive, and the line work and is very strong. I mean, the, the painterly the, look, it's like yeah, it is the, his like, cowl looks like it's like coming off the the page when yeah. when you look at it. In this, in Bermejo's this, great, yeah, Bermejo stuff, yeah, um, yeah, Batman, like uh, Jim Lee and um, uh, J. Scott Campbell, yeah, uh, Adam Hughes, um, Joe Maturero, people like that really kind of inspired me. Um, have you have you yeah, seen uh, Lee Bermejo's work on uh, that Joker comic that Azarello wrote, uh, Simeon? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, is that the one where he gets out of prison? Yeah, uh, yeah, and he has the yeah, uh, yeah. Glasbury's what's it called? Glasbury smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's the, the artwork in that one is great too. Yeah, yeah, really distinctive uh, style. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of one of my favorites. I think. Yeah, um, but yeah. Awesome. I mean, a lot of my inspiration, mainly, like I said, comes from movies. Um, I, you know, I have quite a uh, quite a, like modest collection of comics, but the majority of them are all kind of like I, I just you know, I buy for the artwork really. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say I follow any comics like with you know, hundreds of issues or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I kind of more gra- gravitate towards movies. Um, oh, really? And that's. I did uh, the natural comics. Well, the inspiration things come from that, really. Well, you know, it's a it's a natural uh, comparison. They're both storytelling vehicles, and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just a lot cheaper to make a comic book than to make a movie. But this is why I love the medium of comics. I think it's like the strongest storytelling medium out there because of the fact that all you need is a piece of paper and a pencil. And you can you can t- t- take the the viewer anywhere, and 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 you are the director, the lighting guy, the composition guy, the set designer, the costume guy. Like you have complete control, but and it can be just as impactful as a movie, if if more sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, I like it was like the idea of like you know you can sort of put the voices like when you're reading, you can kind of picture it in your own sort of mind and the yeah. comic kind of guides you, you know, it's like a visual aid for your imagination. Um, I mean, that's like kind of what we try to do uh, with the, the illustrated story as well. Obviously, you know, with the new book, it's going to be uh, pretty much 100% uh, graphic novel, but the, the, the original book is uh, like a mixture of, of, of text and, and pictures and the pictures are kind of like people have said like they'll be reading the, the text and then they'll turn the page and they'll see what they've been reading about and it will kind of fuel their imagination ah, as they read yeah, it. You touched upon thing. something that I, I really like there is that even though comics are visual, it still allows room for imagination in terms of how you feel they talk or how the narration should go or how the voices that you mm-hmm. equate with these characters. There's still room for imagination plus visual storytelling with comics, whereas books is all imagination and then movies, yeah. it's, just, it's everything's just served right to you. You don't have to really think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, books, you have a cover, but yeah, it's, you yeah. can't really draw much from just the cover. 
Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, I, that's, I like how you guys are uh, experimenting with the format, and it's kind of like an illustrated story, which is great because uh, you know I love when people try different things. Um, and then in the same instance, if you've ever read uh, Scott McCloud's book, Understanding Comics, it's amazing. It's like a graphic novel. Uh, uh, it's like a college-level graphic novel dissecting this medium. And he talks about how the space between the panels, you know, what happens to the viewer mm-hmm. in time in the space between panels is just as important as what's in the panels. And, dude, this book is so deep about comic books. And it's an illustrated comic book. It's amazing. I think I, I've heard, I've definitely heard that somewhere before, and maybe someone uh, told me about that. But yeah, I mean, like you know, like I said, like all all the uh, different mediums and stuff like that, the, you, you always you always have go back to your own imagination or like the 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 story, no matter how it's in your sort of uh, how it's fed to you, to say. Um, you know, you you you're always kind of thinking about what's going on if you're watching a movie and it's like in the subtext and things like that, or if you like you said, if you're reading the, uh, a book, you're using imagination. Um, I mean, it, it's all basically the, the similar, but you know, different different shapes and forms, really, isn't that? I would say. Let's uh, so let's geek out about some of the movies that inspired you yeah, and uh, you that's... and your style. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of movies that we also love. Um, I yeah, I mean. I mean, obviously, Blade Runner. Um, I mean, some of the newer ones I like. I like, you know, some like uh, well, uh, Christopher Nolan's work, like uh, the Dark Knight films and Inception, Interstellar. Oh yeah. Um, some of my other favorite ones, um, like Fifth Element. Um, Fifth Element. Yeah. Fifth Element is great. The design, dude. The art design on that is amazing. It's such a great. Yeah, it's, it's it's it still stands up. It's like one of the like visually like stunning movies. I think. Um, a lot of people uh, really don't like the tone of it, but I think it is great. I mean, uh, you got Chris Tucker acting like a fool, which is fun. <laughs> but like the world, it's it's a lot. It reminds me a lot of Metal Made Flesh World. Just like what a cool uh, future fantasy world uh, to want to yeah, live. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think I'm not sure if maybe it's actually uh, maybe it's no, worked on that one. Yeah, yeah, did he? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll, it'll comes from like uh, French comic books and stuff like that. Um, you know, we were speaking about like you were t- talking about the panels, uh, even though we're talking about movies. Mobius, like he is famous for doing whole books without any words, just illustrations and and a, yeah. a complete story is told there. Like that's the hardest thing, man. If you could tell a story just in pictures without any words, that's all. I love when people do that in movies and in the comic books. Like if you could do it without dialogue, it's so powerful. I just want to touch on Fifth Element real quick, though. I mean, that movie is so divisive. I liked it. But it's been called sometimes the best and sometimes the worst right. blockbuster of all time, and it's funny that yeah. you mentioned Fifth Element. Yes, um, yeah, it's one of those movies that uh, the, the, um, you either love it or you people. hate it, right? Yeah, a little known uh, facts about it as well. It's one of the few movies I think I don't know if it's the only one where the actual main hero and villain actually never actually share any screen time together. They never actually meet or are even aware of each other. Oh, that's really right. Bruce Willis and Gary Oldman never see each other. They never, they never meet, and I don't think they're even aware of each other's uh, like in in the actual world. Oh, that's right. Because they never actually like meet, and you know they don't know what's going on. Well, they know what's going on from their point of view. Mila, jo- Mila Jovovich is the MacGuffin, though, and she they're they're just both yeah. kind of after her. Mm-hmm. Wow. I I like yeah, Fifth Element. I mean, Luke Besson has a great like. Uh, b- filmography here. Uh, do you have you guys seen Lucy by any chance? I haven't got a chance to talk. I have not. Yeah, I I, I did see it at the cinema. Um, it was I, I kind of liked it. I liked it was had elements of like Akira yeah. and yeah. Uh, so the idea of like the sort of supreme sort of uh, ascension beyond like the physical form and transcendence and things like that. Um, yeah, it was okay. And then I, I, what this movie is, Anthony, it's like an amazing superhero origin story. Like, very, I know, I know what Lucy is. It's very well done, stylized, but like it falls the fuck apart in the third act so hard. Oh, you saw it, Imran? Yeah, I finally it was on cable, and I watched it, and I was like, oh my god, what just happened to the end of that movie? Like, it didn't make any sense. There's like a thing that looks like Venom from Spider Man, and I don't know what happened. Uh, yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it was one of those movies that you kind of watch, and then the next day, you someone says, "Oh, what did you watch?" And oh, yeah, I watched that. It's <laughs> not something. It's not going to stick with you. What did you? Uh, you mentioned the the Nolan films and the Dark Knight series. What did you guys? What did you think of uh, 
Dark Knight Rises, that's also a, a pretty divisive uh, film. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, by the time that um, I was in my seat to watch it, I was so excited because I'd watched all the trailers and I'd loved the first two. Um, yeah, it was one of the few times um, where I was like, like almost anxious to watch watch it because mm-hmm. it was like the conclusion. It's like watching the end of like Breaking Bad or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like a finale just, of, got of uh, yeah. yeah. Sopranos, you're just, yeah, you're just yeah. getting hit with all these trailers, and I'm just like, fuck those. I just put the movie on already. <laughs> I just want to get into it. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um, I would say that it was it was a bit um, kind of it was too big, and it, it kind of it shifted from the the like the the awesomeness of the first two. But it, it, it's good. It has a few things that I didn't like, but overall, it's still it's still you know, it's, uh, almost a perfect trilogy in my opinion. I would say almost, man. But again, third movie curse for some reason. You can't, the yeah. third you can't make a good third movie yeah. now. There were just a, just a few Ewoks in there. I think you know that's yeah. the thing. It's always the Ewoks I, I, ruin the party. I think it's always it's also the fact that it's the the second movie always is just it's builds so up good. so much. It's so good and yeah. builds up so much hype for the third movie that it, it's almost impossible expectations to match. I mean, you look at like Dark Knight or Empire Strikes Back, yeah, yeah. a lot of second films, and it's just some. It's the the, the bar Same is set like so Spider-Man high. Spider Man Two, the second X Men movie is great, and then everything just goes. Because you're mm-hmm. right, but what do you do? Do you just make like two shitty movies and then a good movie? <laughs> or like in the case of the reboot of Spider Man, they went from the first movie and then they jumped to the third movie and then just killed it right there without even doing a good movie. Uh, a second yeah I, I i didn't watch i did watch them but you know that's the same I, they, I, the, I feel the same about uh them as lucy they're just movies that they kind of came and went i think simeon uh simeon if you don't already know imran is a huge spider-man fan he will work <laughs> oh, in spider-man okay. into any conversation even if we're talking about <laughs> good movies so. he will work in <laughs> shitty spider-man movies just to talk <laughs> about spider-man it's not what deserve to be talked about <laughs> Uh, Simeon, are you into? Are you excited for any of these Marvel, uh, DC, su- any of the forty superhero movies that are going to come out in the next five years? Uh, There's tons of them. I don't know. I mean, I was excited for them. I, I was really into them when they first started uh, all coming together oh, with like no. the, the. Is Marvel. it wearing thin on you now? I'm afraid so. Yeah. Wow. Um, I kind of lost interest somewhere. I think just after Iron Man two, no Iron Man three. Um, they all just seem to be. I think my main. Uh, thing is that I, there's no tension. I don't feel any tension or uh, danger for the main characters because they're all signed up for you know umpteen sequels. Right. Uh, it doesn't I seem to. They don't have strong enough arcs, in my opinion. I would say you know the, there's you know they, they always start off and they end at the end. Of, you know with, with very little lost or gained. They right. just beaten the adversary and then they just move on. You know and maybe someone who was introduced halfway through the movie dies or something. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's There's, like every movie. Yeah. yeah. It is. <laughs> well, I, I think that they're banking on you loving the characters so much that you just want to see them again and again and again. Yeah. I think as well, I just was uh, getting into things like game of Thrones and, and, uh, shows like breaking bad where there's a lot, lot of stuff, uh, where, you know, it's not, you're on a knife edge for, for the characters cause anyone can drop at any time. Yeah. Walking, so, Dead's like that that Walking Dead yeah, is Walking like that. Yeah, Walking Dead as yeah. well. Yeah, shows like that. I mean, if you watch a lot of those shows, where, like I said, the you know, the no one's safe in those. Uh, so, and then you go back and you watch a, uh, something like you know, Avengers uh, two, where everyone's pretty much safe. Then you know, it kind of like it kind of spoils you. I think watching sure. those sort of serious yeah. shows. And, that's yeah, a that's really interesting observation because we you know as much as we like to say like this is a great time to be a comic book fan there's like all these TV oh, I, shows I, and movies I do like them but I I prefer I prefer a bit more well what uh, yeah what would it take for the superhero movies to, what would it take for them to get you back what are they I think we I think we discussed what they got to do they got to really put they got to kill off some characters they got to change yeah they need, they need some holy shit moments where yeah yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Kevin Smith. I was listening to him on Fat Man on Batman. Yeah. And he was basically, for this upcoming Civil War movie with uh, Cap and Captain America 3, he was basically like begging, you, you, you got to kill one of the heroes. Yeah. You got to yeah. kill one of the heroes. He, he was actually whispering, kill Hawkeye. Yeah, kill they Hawkeye. Want that. I heard that. They want to yeah. kill Hawkeye. But I mean, that is that brings up a good point because... You know, we all, I was, I knew at some point this bubble is going to wear thin and people are going to get sick of the same shit. Uh, and now what do you do to keep them? You got to shake things up a lot at this point. Uh, you know, they're trying to put character arcs 
if you look at like Captain America and, and Tony Stark's character have changed. But again, each movie is setting up like the next six movies. So you're like, these guys aren't going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's okay. That's like I was saying before with the arcs and things like uh, Winter, Winter Soldier. Um, I was kind of, I, I liked that film, but I felt that uh, the whole idea with the Winter Soldier, it didn't really impact on, um, on Captain America enough. You know, like at the end of the film, you know, he obviously had had the, the battle with, with his, his his former friend and everything like that. But they should have really, you know, it should have messed him up. He should have been like Luke Skywalker at the end of Empire. Uh, you know, like really at his lowest. You know, off the and deep then when end, he, yeah. When, yeah, yeah. I just feel they don't go they don't go far enough with the characters. With, you know, when they want them uh, down, they're not. Really you, you know, what you should check out Simeon is uh, if you have Netflix. Uh, I was going to say uh, this, yes. like Jessica Jones. I don't know if you've seen Daredevil. Daredevil but and Jessica, Jessica, oh, Jessica yeah, yeah, Jones. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's yeah. I have watched Daredevil. That's one of the you know. Um, and I'm bashing the the films, but yeah, actually that show was actually really good because they yeah. actually did actually go. You know, they went went on with the with the character development and stuff. I'm and glad you. I like the way that. that. Yeah, well, I love the way that they didn't actually show like he wasn't actually Daredevil, which was pretty much right at the end. And yep. he showed it showed his whole progress and his you know his his his, his like lows, highs and lows, and you know he was stumbling along the way for pretty much all the way through. And it was yeah, really good show actually. Well, here's I mean, this is a format that really you can Marvel could do great work with their characters, and it, it takes care of just what we're talking about. It gives them time to to really get to know these characters, and it's their adult. Themed like I think Daredevil Jessica Jones is probably the best thing Marvel is making right now. Uh, it's just the medium, man. It's yeah. the it's the it's the, it's the way the, it's the, distributed. It's the way it's when well, it's also like the the fact that it's thirteen hours of stuff, so you can you can take your time and you can, and you see actual character evolution and it and doesn't they kill seem people and stuff yeah. happens and there's consequences and it's it's uh it's very tense and it's like amazing drama like they're just killing the, killing it with these shows. Yeah, I think like I think that's what kind of um, that's what if, like you said. Um, if people are sort of you know not sick of, but they they want something new from the from the films. They, I think they they're bringing in these darker stories, uh, you know, for people who who want this sort of darker edge to comic books and things like that. So yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm gonna play a little uh, commercial here, and uh, we'll come back mm-hmm. and chat about a few more things and uh, wrap it up. Do you like superheroes? Do you like comics? Do you like film? Do you like comics and films about superheroes? Well, then you're in luck because we here at A Place to Hang Your Cape have everything for you. We've got reviews. We've got interviews. We've got list articles. We've even got a few videos coming up. Anything you could possibly want that's relating to superheroes, we have A Place to Hang Your Cape, where superheroes go to hang their cape. The name is self-explanatory, really. I don't know why I have to explain it, but there you go. Find it at ap2hyc.com. The H stands for H. (laughs) (laughs) The H. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. All right, Simeon. uh, I wanted to know if uh, for some of our listeners that maybe they have uh, their artists and their pencilers and their aspiring creators – if you had any advice, mm-hmm. like how much time do you spend on this? Is this your, uh, is this your whole, your full-time job? Um, no, I, I have like a, like a shitty night job that I do. Um, but, um, the majority of my day and, uh, some of my night when I come back is, uh, is taken up with, or at the moment with Metal my Flesh. Uh, but also do, um, commissions and, uh, do cover work and things oh, like that, nice. between magazines and, uh, you know, other bits and bobs. I'm always out, you know, and I also do, um, like custom uh, working a custom motorbike uh, unit with a friend of mine and we do uh, crash helmets and uh, petrol tanks and things like that uh, so yeah I've got a, a, lots of different things quite the mercenary <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh, quite the mercenary that's, that's great uh, so how do you uh, like with a side project like how do you how do you stay focused how do you keep going when you you know you got a lot of work before you're going to see any kind of return um, you know. Well, with this one, um, yeah, I've kind of sort of cleared my schedule for this one now because we have uh, until like February to get it done. Um, but it's not—it's not so much um, pressure this time because I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not doing the, the bulk of all the, the work uh, for the book. I, I obviously have to overse- oversee everything and make sure that everyone's on the same page and you know, make sure that the story kind of gels with the world uh, that we've created and things like that. Um, but yeah, this one's. Um, allowing me to actually take my time a bit more. Um, so it's not so much pressure on me to, to, uh, to get it done. 
Um, so I'm kind of like, it, it, all, my work always grows, you know, as, as I'm doing it, I'll have a, another idea and I'll go off on a different tangent and then I'll leave me somewhere else and then I'll eventually come back to the original thread. Wow. So I'll have like a lot of stuff that at the end I can pick and choose what works best and a lot of it ends up, you know, on the cutting room floor, so to speak. So I'll sort of shave off the stuff that I feel isn't necessarily working. How many, example, a lot of, how, many, how many hours like per page do you estimate does that take you? Um, I mean, the majority of it is um, the, the drawing, um, but it, it can take um, sometimes up, up to like five days uh, wow. to do like a very like expansive like street scene or something like that. Um, it might not be working and I might just leave it and come back to it. So I don't know. It could, it, you know, or I might have a different idea. So I'll have to go away and do more drawing and then scan that in, things like that. It, it, um, but, it, you know, it depends. I mean, I do a lot of uh, sort of posters and things like that, like fan art and things like that. Um, so I have I always sort of know how they're going to go. So those are a lot simpler. But the Metal Made Flesh stuff seems to sort of grow organically as I'm, as I'm working on it. Right on. So I wanted to shout out to uh, A Place to Hang Your Cape again just because uh, yeah, they, they help us out. They, they help, help us you up. out. We're on the site. He's promoting you. And uh, listener, I'll put a link in the show notes. Check out their Patreon page because uh, you can get a really cool calendar. They're working on a calendar for next year. And oh, that digital calendar. Yeah, but they, yeah. They, you could get a print one uh, for a small donation over at their Patreon page. And then it's also going to help them make more videos. And you could see David's fun curly hair getting drunk and playing video games. I guess that's what we're paying for. <laughs> <laughs> over, over at the Patreon page. Great sell job there. <laughs> but I'm glad that they're on Patreon. It's a great it's a great system. Similar to Kickstarter. I mean, I guess like if you guys were – you guys ever tr- tried to do like an online webcomic uh, kind of distribution or are you going to stick to uh, print Physical, and books? Yeah, um, yeah I think um, some of the uh, Kickstarter uh, rewards are sending out digital versions of um, some of the, the, the book, the, the first book and, and some of the artwork and things like that. Um, we're also like some of the stuff that we're thinking about doing next year is maybe, uh, sort of, um, uh, either animated or maybe even live action sort of stuff. Ooh. So we're looking to move into kind of different areas of, of uh, different mediums of telling the stories, uh, and things like that. Um, we, um, we, we, we got contacted by one of the producers of Game of Thrones when we did the last, the first Kickstarter. Really? Um, oh so shit. Wow. Like, He's kind of interested in the property, um, so we're trying to, you know, get it to the point where you know he, he can actually look at it. So he's kind of like, you know, put a pin in this. I mean, a lot of people, like big time producers do that. They you know they'll watch projects, see where they're going, you yeah. know, so they can maybe pick them up at a later date. But, um, yeah, that's kind of where he kind of inspired us. You know, we're like, you know, we've got to get the numbers up now, and then you know, hopefully, we'll, you know, he'll want to have a look at it in more depth. You know, so. That's yeah, kind of exciting, dude. Ultimately, that's like the goal for anybody working. I would think in and creating hero, superhero comics or comics in general, you want to make mm-hmm. something that's so good that it gets optioned for the screen for a different format. You want a character so good that people just want more of it and they want to. You see just it become in Robert action. Kirkman. You become Rob. I mean, Kirkman did <laughs> it, but uh, you know, people have done it before him. He, but that is a great example. And he's using that uh, pole, you know, putting it back in the comics and making awesome shows. But the fact that, dude, this would make a great series, actually, like on HBO or even Netflix. Like they have the budget, and you can make it, you can make it look amazing. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. I mean, obviously, that, that the main dream, you know, maybe have a kind of David Fincher. Uh, oh yeah, that'd be it, Ray, awesome, Ray, dude. Who would you cast? Do you have a you got a dream cast in mind? You must have um, a dream cast. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I use like. Uh, yeah, Eva Green uh, as Isabel. Okay. Um, I don't know the other two characters. I mean, obviously the Calibers would have to be in CG. Um, oh, Eva I Green would be fucking great, dude. For oh, us. Uh, Eva Green. She's yeah. she's in uh, Sin City. Uh, three. She was in Three Hundred: Rise of Empire. Oh. She's a, a French she's actress. Oh yeah, she looks like Isabel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used uh, in some of the earlier stuff. I used a lot of uh, uh, pictures of her for reference because I, I would use uh, real pictures of people for reference to get yeah. the, the, sh- the shapes and form of, of, See, of the faces. And stuff like you that. were smart and thinking ahead. You're like, I'm just gonna make this look like Eva Green. You never know what's gonna happen. It might, <laughs> you know. In that case, I already got the cast here. Yeah, she's in Penny <laughs> Dreadful and uh, Dark Shadows yeah, and Three Hundred. That's pretty good. 
Casino Royale. Wow, that's great. No, man, I wish you guys all the yeah, luck. Uh, we're going to definitely put links in the show notes, listener. Check out the book. Buy the book. Uh, check out the preview. Uh, they don't need any more Kickstarter money. Just so you got to buy the book now because they killed it on the Kickstarter. <laughs> they destroyed Kickstarter. Why don't you uh, – uh, Simi, why don't you tell them where people can find you if they want to say hi? Um, yeah, uh, metalmadeflesh.com uh, for all your uh, cyberpunk needs. Um, you can find uh, my work and, and myself on Facebook, uh, Simeon Aston, and uh, Aston Art, hashtag Aston Art on uh, Instagram, um, Simeon Aston on uh, Facebook, and uh, on DeviantArt as well on um, SimSim78. Right on. I'll put all those links in the show notes. Thanks for staying up, dude. Uh, yeah, man. I hope we didn't mess up your uh, day Sleep schedule <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, no, no, I'll be fine. <laughs> before we wrap up, we just got to mention, along with the place to hang your cape, some of the other networks that we're on. Big shout out to a Tangent Bound Network, Weeby Geeks Network, and Podcast.ph. The, all of these places carry our shows, Simeon. So they're going to hear this show on all those networks. Um, and we can't thank them enough. Um, Anthony, you know how we do all our whole bit about all the 12 million things we tell people to do? Yeah. I'm going to try to consolidate that a little bit. I've okay. Been, I've been thinking about this. Okay. Four <laughs> things. do that? All right. Four things. Here's four things. Very simple. Sure. Thing number one, we're do, we do live shows every week on Blab. It's a lot of fun. We talk about the week's TV shows and geek news. Check it out at jockanerd.com slash live. All right? Very simple. Right. Thing number one. Simple enough. Thing number two. Hey, if you want to contact us, we have several ways to contact us. Just go to jockanerd.com slash contact or look in the show notes. All the links are there. Very simple, right? Thing number oh, two. I'm following. Okay. okay. Thing number three. Subscribe to the show, listener. Go to jockandnerd.com slash review. It'll take you to our iTunes site page, and you can subscribe, rate, and review us, or just search in any podcast app that you have. Why subscribe? Because you'll get all our shows. You'll never miss a show. You can enjoy all this geekery. Okay? All the awesome interviews, including this one with Simeon Aston. All, all the awesome interviews and all our weekly blab fun shows with Rugboy. Uh, thing number four, finally, listener... Tell a friend. You knew I was going to say that. Run up to them. Give them one of these. Jock and nerd. That's all you got to do. See? Four things. I've consolidated the call to actions at the end let's of the keep, show. Let's everybody. keep that format going for the other shows. All right. Just you, consolidate it like that. That's awesome. You like that, right? I was putting yeah. some thought. Simeon, that was easy to follow, right? You know what to do. Very simple instructions. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you, if you forget, <laughs> all you got to do is uh, check the show notes and everything's there. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, I think you should get to bed, dude. It's like four o'clock tomorrow morning now, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the future. I'll tell you about it. Well, I can't give away any spoilers, you know. Yeah, the spoiler alert. What's the lottery numbers? Yeah. No, you don't know? Anybody? Um, uh... Who's winning the game? I got to place a bet. Ah, it doesn't work that way. I always forget. I wish it did in real life like it does in the movies. For everything on Wonder Rousey. <laughs> oh, see, he's good. Oh, he's got the right pick. No, no. Do you want to lost oh, a lot not... of money? Wait, Simeon, you like UFC? Oh shit. Um, yeah, I watched a bit of it. Um, I've kind of I haven't watched it lately. Um, but yeah, I, I saw the the, the Rousey fight. Um, All right, let's wrap up with what did you think about that fight? What were your reactions? Um, yeah, it was. Um, it's about time someone actually gave her a good fight. I think it, it is kind of. It's it's a little unfair to bring someone in who's obviously like really like completely just more experienced in striking. So I think kind of disarmed Rousey a little bit. Oh, for sure. Uh, so yeah, she didn't really have like you know because she can do a famous armbar. So yeah, it was good good fight though. But yeah, I mean I haven't to be honest, I haven't watched uh, haven't been had the time or you know uh, to watch it for a while. I think last time I was kind of really watching it religiously was. Um, I think just after Anderson Silva came back and fought uh, the DS. Nick Diaz, uh, yeah, and then they both got to yeah, yeah. I was going to mention to uh, Simeon here, they're bringing a, a show to London. Oh. A UFC show to London in, uh, let me just looking it up right now, uh, to the at the O2 Arena wow. on February 27th. That's a big arena. Okay. February so, 27th. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you should do that. If you that got nothing better going on that night, go check it is out. Is that how often do <laughs> yeah. they go out there? Does UFC go out to uh, they, they like going to, they go to the UK at least two or three times a year. Right on. Oh. So, 
Cool. Yeah, you guys have uh, we, uh, some of the teams come over for the NFL to play uh, yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, they? yeah, they've been doing that one game, two games. Yeah, we, we, we have the NFL visit, and then you guys send over the uh, Champions League teams sometimes. Dude, isn't it? But what's hilarious is like during the football games, isn't there like a pamphlet they hand out that explains the rules to football? Which uh, <laughs> American it, football you're referring to? Yes, like okay. when they yeah. play out there. Which I would like to see when that pamphlet because I don't understand the rules to American football. Well, that's just me. So if you could email that Super over. Bowl on as well. There's a little. There's a short five minute little uh, uh, sort of video section in the in the um, opening of that the uh, of the Super Bowl just to kind of. Sh- Tell people how it, how it's played and things like that. Oh, um, that's interesting. You guys, funny. Do you guys, it's is funny. the Super Bowl big? Do you guys like? Do you watch it personally? Like, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have some friends around. We have some beer and pizza and, wow. and stuff. Oh, they, they, yeah, they, yeah. they're like they do what we do. It's awesome. It, it, how does you? How do you feel that a guy that has no, they didn't grow up with American football, knows more about it than you, Imran? I'm absolutely fine with that. He has a, <laughs> a, little, a little part of me listen, dies that you don't know the rules to football. Look, they, he has a pamphlet. It would make a lot more sense if I could get my hands on this pamphlet. I suppose I could look it up. I understand most of the rules. I'll tell you that much. But there's a couple of weird things. I'm like, what the fuck? Why are they doing that? This doesn't make – just play the game. What are you standing around for? No, I like uh, – football can be fun sometimes. I, <laughs> I just can't be bothered. What do you, what do you offer me? I'm the nerd. That's why I'm the nerd. I'm not the jock. <laughs> Awesome, Simeon. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, Thanks for hanging out. We enjoy every second you spend with us. This has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. And we'll catch you next time. (laughs) 